Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who have chiseled good looks in their joinery. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it is Wood Talk, episode number 466 for April 8th, 2020. On today's show, we're talking about outdoor projects. We might touch on a few other things, but mostly outdoor projects. And before we get to get get to that, man, it's early. This is going to be tough. I'm going to do my best. It's so early. God. Before we get to that, I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for 65 years. Head over to rockler.com and check out the National Woodworking Month sale. The sale runs through the month of April, so don't miss it. By the way, this includes 15% off Powermatic and Jet Tools with free delivery. Score. It's kind of a big deal. Dang, wow. Yeah. Free delivery. I like that idea. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and if you want to help support the show, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash woodtalk and signing up to become a patron of the show. We'd like to thank Scott McClory, Alfred Chu, Matthew Hall, Jim Thompson, Triple J Customs, Jose, Joseph Simer, Freddie Roman, Ernie Stephen- Stephenson, or Stevenson? Whatever. Whatever you want. Stevenson. Roll with it. Paul Bean. I like that. Uh, And Tyler McDonald. All right. That's excellent. Nice. It's early. It's so early. We (laughs) normally don't record early on a Saturday morning. So everyone but Shannon, who just biked 40 miles, so I guess that's me and Matt. We're we're a little out of it because we kind of just rolled out of bed. I do anything except maybe like dink around on email in the morning because I'm not not there yet to be able to talk coherently. No one... No one's expecting you to speak or anything, and yeah, so this, this should be good. All right, so... Well, then you guys may not realize, I mean, ignoring the, we'll just call them minor hiatuses, we passed 13 years as a show. Oh, that's April right. 1st, April 1st, 2020. It was 2007, wasn't it? So it's 13 years. Wood Talk Holy is smokes. now in its teens. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's okay know. to be, like, angsty and kind of unpredictable and it's all your fault and crap like that because we're now teenagers <laughs> you're not my real dad <laughs> that sort of thing oh wait that was just <laughs> 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 well, was still here that could work too but yeah that that's true that's true uh that's uh that's crazy stuff all right so look it would be we'd be remiss in our duties if we didn't at least discuss a little bit about the coronavirus situation we we don't want to dwell on the the politics and the the super negative stuff out there uh, because you get enough of that everywhere else. Uh, but I do think there are some relevant things um, that we could discuss and how it's impacted us personally and also in the shop, uh, because this has been a very weird, almost surreal sort of situation. Um, and I guess I'll just run into, into my situation here. Um, of course, you guys know that I, I hired my brother-in-law, Jason, right? So that was the, the first thing that was, uh, you know, impacting the, the workload and everything that we could and couldn't do in the shop is losing a, a person. Because, of course, every, everything is like the whole stay-at-home order 
is in place and just to be good citizens and to be safe for both of our families, we just decided it was better for him not to, to come into work. And now there are a lot of things that I got started uh, while he was here and a lot of it dealing with like uh, CNC templates and packing the templates, making the templates, and he's not here to do that. So I just didn't get nearly as much done in the last two weeks as I thought I was going to. Um, but on the flip side, I'm still working, you know, and I, I see a lot of people, I actually somewhat envy some people who are like, oh, I have nothing to do. I'm so bored. You know, I guess I watch Netflix again. You know, it's like, oh, geez, sorry. That's terrible for you. Um, I mean, then again, there a lot of people are truly out of work. So I do feel for those people. Um, but ultimately my work schedule, I'm way busier than I was, you know, before all this went down. Uh, just trying to to keep up with the things that I had set in in motion prior to this happening. So um, outside of that, everything is fairly normal, but it's just busy, busy, busy. So what about you guys? Yep. So stand off. See who talks first. <laughs> yeah, you guys got your fingers pointed at each other. <laughs> I'll, let, I'll let Shannon go. I was trying to be courteous yeah. and let Matt go, but now Matt's I'm trying, trying to be nice. courteous. And I'm actually trying Matt's to do a thing lazy. where I'm nice to Shannon. I don't know. It's, it's, All right. Too much yeah. courtesy is a bad thing. I appreciate that. Well, um, I am one of those people who uh, I, I didn't lose my job, but I initially got cut back to halftime. Then that got cut back to furloughed. Um, and like Mark said, the funny thing is, is I'm like three times busier right now. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I'm fortunate I've got this hand tool school thing sitting there that really has been large enough to be a full-time job for years. If I didn't happen to have this cool job at a lumber yard, I would have ditched that a long time ago. Um, that and the really good health benefits. <laughs> sure. Since, since we are talking about a global pandemic, let's let's, you know, call a spade a spade. It's really nice to have really good health benefits. So yeah, I suddenly was faced with a situation where even if I did have my job, I would still be working at home. Um, mm -hmm. which is the, the truly ironic thing is I could have very easily continued doing my job without, you know, losing a step because I'm the digital marketing guy. All I need is an internet connection to do what I need to do. But yeah, you know, the, the industry is tough everywhere. Orders are being canceled. Some orders are just being put on hold because people, you know, it, it's even though construction is considered an essential business, mm -hmm. you know, like Mark said, you want to be a good citizen. You want to be a good employer and to say, yes, we're essential. We can stay open and demand that employees come into work. Um, it's kind of a dick move. <laughs> um, um, so in a lot of instances, so it's of a bit of a catch 22 we were, for, for these yeah. companies. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, and, and, and a lot of, in the instance of construction, a lot of the guys doing the work are paid hourly and they want to work just as much as anybody else. But then you've got other instances where there have been state ordinances that say, no, sorry, you may be in construction, but you're not considered essential because what you do is like vacation home remodeling, you know, mm -hmm. and that's not essential. <laughs> um, yeah. But the real, the real problem is, is a lot of these vacation destinations have construction bans during like the beach months. You know, you don't want to be on vacation like, like John Candy and summer <laughs> rental and have the guy Just next door with a cirque saw. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, they have a very small window, which things have defrosted and before the summer renters come in. So it's, it's kind of, kind of crazy. So yeah, there was a big cutback there. So for me, I've been in the shop a heck of a lot more. Um, it has been interesting because my wife is like teaching voice lessons via zoom upstairs. <laughs> so there's always like the sound of someone singing in the background, which is kind of pleasant. That's always nice. Um, but as long as she's not pitchy dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, Mostly it's the kids saying, oh, you know. Okay, mostly. yeah, so then then you never I know. I won't comment on those, other than the fact that my wife is a very good voice teacher. So no, none yeah, of them are pitchy. Go. They're all outstanding. <laughs> they're, they're getting better is what you... Yeah, there we go. It's, you're getting so much better. <laughs> I'm going to go clean my ears out. So yeah, it's been, a, it's been a, frankly, a lot of fun. You know, you hear about people who say, well, yeah, this is basically my normal life. And yeah. maybe it's because of you know, the hand tool school and, 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 you know, what all three of us do, um, you kind of surround yourself with similar type people. So like a mm -hmm. lot of the people in my Twitter feed are already like content creators or podcasters. 
And they're like, so wait, what happened now? Um, cause it's just <laughs> Tuesday over here. It's just another day. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm very fortunate that I was able to just pick up where I left off and between you and me and everybody listening actually make more money <laughs> by getting furloughed just by being able to focus on personal businesses. It's kind of nice. Sure. Well, and I've noticed just in your feeds, the number of posts and things from you, it's just, everything's increased that I'm like, Oh, this is actually, I'm enjoying my Instagram <laughs> feed a lot more now because it feels like a lot of there, there. It's almost like there's less BS being posted and it's more like, well, I got nothing to do, but woodwork and take pictures of it. So here's right. some stuff. And I'm like, wow, my Instagram feed doesn't read like a catalog anymore. Well, it, except, it for, except for Matt's Matt's is still, well, he's yeah. still doing his ads. So what are you going to do? Business as usual. I've, I've had quite a few people in the <laughs> yeah. last week who, who said, you know, wow, really love your increased postings. And, you know, mm-hmm. you know, several, several people, it's just come out in the lumber update came up in the angel school about the, the job furlough and everything. And people are like, you know, that sucks, but good luck with this, like your attitude moving forward. And, you know, it, it, this should really help, um, all the additional posting. And it's like, you know, I, I work in marketing, right? Like I know that it works. There's just <laughs> only so many hours in the day. Right. But yeah, no doubt, like putting out, actually putting out three YouTube videos in the last two weeks. Oh, it's funny how that increases business. You know, wow, see, look at that. See, Shannon, even you can learn something at this yeah, stage. What do you know? <laughs> what do you know? Uh, I just got to find a way to clone myself and be able yeah. to do both jobs when the other one starts Let me know when again. you figure that one out. So, I'll take a clone as well. Okay. <laughs> a mini mat. Don't you, didn't you already do that yes, three the, times? Matt? But like the, 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 the lead up time to when they're ready is just too long, you know? So <laughs> it takes a little need, while. Yeah. We yeah, call that onboarding. A little more accelerated onboarding. Yeah. They're pretty slow. That so great. Matt, what about you, man? You look like you're pretty much doing the same old deal, but I know yeah, Lindsay's I mean, home, it's right? been from like a, like a personal family kind of perspective on it. It's been different, but good. Uh, Lindsay's here. Mm-hmm. She works here in the basement with me now, which is, cool i've never spent so much time with her well i <laughs> i haven't spent as much time with her since before we had kids i guess you know when, <laughs> right. when you're like like we're always thinking about this now we're like what did we do with our lives before we had kids all this like free time i know yeah. i had where i'm like i just remember just being able to do whatever i want sitting around being like i have nothing to do i'm bored it doesn't exist anymore and we, uh, yeah. so we, 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 you know, we reminisce about that idea pretty often, but it's just, it's cool to be able to be like, I'm sitting here at my desk doing my thing. She's over there doing whatever she does, you know, acting important and whatnot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, lawyer, lawyer stuff. stuff. And she's, I mean, and, um, you know, she's Suing done people. with work. She, well, it depends. Depends what side of the fence she's on that day. Um, but yeah, she, uh, so she's not commuting. So she has a, a 45 minute commute each way uh, normally. So, you know, she's here at least an hour and a half longer every day, which is nice. And mm-hmm. um, she's been kind of quitting early because I think uh, like at the office, there's people there and everybody's like, gotta stay late and work and keep going and grinding and whatever. But now no one's there being like, I guess I'll just stop working now because it's five o'clock and I don't feel like working anymore versus six Right. right. The competition to see who, who yeah. leaves first or exactly. stays latest, you know, yeah. the unspoken competition. Oh, I hate that. So yeah. well, she's done yeah. it like five. She's up there having fun with the kids making dinner. And like, normally she doesn't get home until like seven 30 anyway. So, I mean, that's a lot earlier than she normally would be up there. So it's been good for her. I think, mm-hmm. um, as far as like the business goes, like nothing has really changed a whole lot. I have like put off some plans to do some things, but Otherwise, it's been, you know, a content side of things has been pretty much the same. Cool. Sounds good. Now, have you guys heard anything from other content creators? I've heard, uh, let's see, Stumpy Nubs, I know, had to because he's got a, you know, a commercial building, so he couldn't go to work and his staff, he had to lay off. Um, have you heard anything from other content creators? Because we're like as a group kind of fairly new in the sense of like within the last couple of years hiring employees. And I'm wondering how this is going to impact everybody. And and every, the funny thing is a lot of people are just going to have to go back to what they used to do, which is themselves, a camera and some stuff, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's kind of a weird thing to, uh, to witness, but I haven't heard anything about anybody else at this point. No, I mean the, the person that immediately comes to mind is April and it looks like it's business as usual there. Um, hmm. no, I haven't seen anybody no, else. 
The only yeah, posters I've seen are from like furniture shops where it's like that's not content creation, right. that's furniture making or whatever, but yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I I actually did <laughs> a little bit of freelance work, freelance marketing work last week and earlier this week for a couple of small cabinet shops. And um in many instances, again, they're classified as essential. And they kind of threw it out there to the employees saying, you know, hey, we're going to be open. Like, I'm going to be here. In one instance, the the owner of the shop actually lives upstairs, has like the apartment upstairs. So it was kind of like you or I, you know, just going down to the shop and continuing to work. And he had a couple of guys um, who wanted to work and, I get, you know, all all single guys. So they basically like set up a camp and are just living in the shop. Mm. They're just like, well, Hey, let's just quarantine together and keep working. Oh, and wow. in their instance, it's kind of like I was saying like, Hey, this is great because we're getting a lot done. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, people are, are making it work. You know, if, if it's either that or go out of business, they're finding a way to make it work. Interesting. I assume they don't have families. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it makes a big difference. <laughs> yeah, in this case, they're all a bunch of bachelors. Yeah. And, yeah. Although the the one thing I will say, because Matt um, kind of hinted at this with with Lindsay's job and just the kind of the shift in thinking. This, I'm I'm very bright side on this whole um, COVID thing because you know they talk about how the decrease in pollution because nobody's driving anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about how much time I have back in my day not oh, yeah. commuting. And my commute's not long, really. I mean, I've had long commutes in the past. This is only 30 minutes. But, you know, once you factor in, you know, walking out to the car and getting, you know, it, it's it's an hour, hour 15 of my day, which, as I said, it's there's certainly a lot longer commutes out there. But it's crazy how how much that adds. I have found additional time. Moreover... The flexibility that that anybody who works from home knows that you can just kind of step away at any time and do a workout or take the dog for a walk um, and then get back to to work and, and do the same amount of work. It's just you don't necessarily have to be at a desk all day. From a mental health perspective, I think a lot of people are going to have a hard time going back. That is a very sitting good point. at a desk all day. I know. <laughs> I mean, I, I I generally do work out in the mornings, but because I've had this flexibility, I've actually been doing a lot of workouts at lunch. And from a mental focus, I am like razor sharp in the afternoons now. Mm-hmm. Whereas prior, you kind of like oh, three yep. o'clock doldrums. You know, like and you go and you try to find an extra cup of coffee or a snack or whatever. And I power through the morning. <laughs> You know, then I go do a workout at lunch and, and of course have lunch and I'm like raring to go at one thirty, two o'clock because I've actually gotten activity yeah. into my life. And it's just, it's kind of like, I had this conversation with the HR guy back at the lumberyard and said, you know, we need to like rethink some of this stuff because it's amazing how much better I am at my job in the afternoon when I've been able to really take a break, not just like go sit and eat food, but actually <laughs> right. like do something, whether it's activity, play with the kids, walk the dog, something like that. And, you know, the whole corporate thing, we all talk about wellness and all this work-life balance stuff, but nobody really does it unless, you know, maybe you work for Google. And even then I hear it's really not as fun as (laughs) that, that, uh, uh, what's his name? Owen Wilson movie made it out to be. So, you know, go figure, right? It's not really how it was in Hollywood. But yeah, there's just something I'm hoping that I don't think the world will ever be the same coming out of this. I think that even once things are lifted, people are going to think <laughs> twice about shaking someone's hand and and just oh yeah, everyone's going to be on alert for a while and things are going to going to change. Um, who was it? Uh, the actress Felicia Day said that the world will be forever different because women will will after this will no longer voluntarily put on a bra or real pants or makeup. <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah, funny you say that because so. Lindsay does uh, the opposite. She's like dressed up all ready to go like she's going to work. Yeah, oh, really? well, there is, there's something the that says that productivity working from home, like establish a routine and like get yeah. dressed, um, helps like you first, with that. Like one of the first days she's working from home, she's like in the bathroom in the morning doing her makeup and doing her hair. I'm like, where the hell are you going? I thought you were staying home. She's like, I am. I'm like, what? What? 
Matt, she's trying to she's she's trying to impress she, you. She did a long time you know, ago. Notice. There's, notice there's the effort, no need Matt. to Come continually on. impress me. I was impressed a long time ago and that is going to stay that way forever. <laughs> I'm pretty I sure know. after 3 kids in the days of here, so. <laughs> Yeah, the days of uh, impressing Matt are over. There's three children. I'm I good, yeah. They're fine. <laughs> <clears throat> it's all good. It's all, it's all, it's all on my quo. side now. I'm the one who's got to work hard. Exactly. Right yeah, to yeah, keep yeah. her. That's right. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I would say, you know, regardless, there is a major disruption here. And and I think you're right, Shannon. It's going to cause a lot of people, maybe for better or for worse, uh, to look at their, their life and, and their habits and see what can change. And we normally don't have this opportunity. Uh, I think people, when they maybe quit a job and they, they go independent, uh, like those sort of big life changes and career changes, you have a taste of that. But this is something that was forced on everyone. And whether you wanted it or not, you're now evaluating, wow, boy, look how much that commute really did, you know, kill my lifestyle and ate up this much time. And it might be very difficult to go back to work. Um, but other people might find opportunity in, in this situation that they could take with them when it all resolves. Uh, so it should be interesting. And you know what? We've got a, a voicemail sort of situation. You could send us voicemails using your your phone. I would love to hear from people uh, what your story is as it relates to your woodworking business. If, if you've uh, found something that has improved in this time or something that's gotten worse or you're, you know, even if it's a, a negative story about hard times you're going through, um, I would love to hear those and play those on one of the future shows. Because I don't think we're getting out of this anytime soon. Uh, we just got notification that the kids are done for the yeah. year. Uh, really? So they were. Oh yeah. Yeah. They were basically, I think we had it till April 15th or something like that. Uh, and they just, uh, yesterday told us, okay, the school year's done. We're just going to be doing this e-learning thing for the rest of the year. And hopefully <laughs> we'll be able to see you guys in August. So wow. yeah. And, uh, I don't, it's like I said, I don't think anything's going to be changing anytime real soon. So, uh, tell us your stories, let us know and send, uh, what is What is our email again? Uh, woodtalkshow at gmail.com. Uh, send us That's- those voicemails. On Tuesdays, anyway, it's that. I don't know what it is the rest of the week. <clears throat> right, yeah. That's our Tuesday email. Okay, so uh, shall we get into our, what do we have here? Kickback, yeah. Let's do some kickback. So I've got a message here from A.W. Pelto on Facebook, who says, I don't know if that's a man or a woman, but they said, I just listened to the last episode of Wood Talk and had something to add to your bit on undoing hide glue. Some years ago, I went to school for a violin repair, and granulated hide glue was primarily what we used. When undoing a glue joint, denatured alcohol was very effective at breaking down hide glue, especially when using a syringe to inject it directly into the joint. This only really works when using the granulated hide glue. We were taught that, unfortunately, there wasn't a really great way to reverse liquid hide glue. Good to know. Did Shannon, you know, Shannon, you okay? I could see that. It was, okay, he's still so blown away, Mark, <laughs> yeah. by this. <laughs> he's like, what? I am. Granulated? <laughs> no, this is one of those things that I, I, I kind of suspected it, but I had no like empirical evidence because um, I use mm-hmm. mostly liquid high glue. Um, when I use granulated stuff, it's usually for veneering and things. And there definitely is a, um, a different feel to the thing. So I guess in the mm-hmm. back of my mind, I suspected that, but no one had ever really said that. That's good to know. Anyway, uh, David wrote in and said on your March 5th show, you asked the question, when will we see an all-in-one 3D laser CNC printer bot? Well, I thought I'd share that it's already here. I have a friend who bought one last year and I've gotten the chance to check it out in person, but it looks really neat. So I'll include the, the link to that. I'm looking it looks at it neat. Now. Yeah. It looks like a lot of things to break. <laughs> yeah. One step like closer I, to Skynet is what I see, but still. Yeah. When I see something like that, I'm like, wow, just repairing it sounds it's like a nightmare. Same, it's a lot <laughs> of the same but, stuff that's on your CNC now. <clears throat> but it just does a lot more. So what is it? Just like diff- different I mean, attachments? Like the heads are different, really. I mean, okay, uh, everything yeah. else is so the same, just, right? The gantry is going to be the same. and CNC body and all that changing stuff. changing with the... Still, well, only for the 3D printer, you got the platen thing that's going to change up. But I mean, the the framework is all there. You got a bunch of extruded aluminum things with stuff that goes around and makes it move. And what you're moving around is sure. changes, I guess. Ah, there's a missed opportunity though for a Matt Cremona head sticker right on the front yeah. of it. Though. Oh, always, so I should buy always. one just to do that? Is that? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. it needs a little personality. If it's going to be a robot, I, I haven't bought anything as the result of the show in a while, so I should probably work on that, huh? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> All right. This next one is from Robbie Wright. Red flag, red flag. The gent from Manhattan mentioned he is going to draw makeup air down his chimney. That could pull exhaust gases from adjacent chimneys, resulting in carbon monoxide poisoning, which tends to make living difficult. If he, resert, if he reverses the mentioned <laughs> airflow uh, and pulls air in the side opening and pushes the exhaust up the chimney, it would prevent the problem. What What is this referring to? Do we know? This was recently? So the uh, basement... dust collection episode, wasn't it? No, well, it may have been, but it was the uh, basement Manhattan woodworker guy that was doing a, uh, I guess, a place that he worked, had a basement space that he wanted to use oh, to turn right. into a wood shop. Yeah. And he talked about how he, how he was going <sighs> to ventilate that space. It's all blur. It's all, I'm sorry. All blur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that one. Okay. So we do have our main topic today. It's about outdoor projects. It's, it's, you know, regardless of what's going on, it is technically that time of year when everybody's getting back in their shops <laughs> and starting to make things, thinking about summer, grilling and doing all that fun stuff outside. So uh, we thought we would just kind of run through some of the successes, failures, furniture we built in the past and just, um, you know, just chat about it a little bit. So I've, I've built quite a few things for the outdoors. I've had some that have completely failed some that have done extremely well. And I'm still, you know, for me, it's still like an ongoing learning process because of course, changing where I live uh, makes a big difference. And then simply moving the piece to a place where it gets a little bit of shade can make a huge difference. Uh, The wood itself, the finish, there's all these factors that go into this. So it's like this constant evaluation process of, of what succeeds outside and what ultimately fails. I think, well, ultimately everything (laughs) fails outside eventually. (laughs) Like, like, let's get that out of the way first. Like things that go outside, it's just torture. It's torture. You know, the, the sun will destroy just about any finish eventually. And the humidity changes, exposure to, to rain, snow, uh, all the heat in the summer. These are things that the wood is like, no bueno, this is not good for me. Uh, But there are ways that you can kind of stack the cards in your favor for, for success. So I've had, uh, let's see, my most successful ones have been my Adirondack chairs and they are actually on a refinish at this point. They, they were finished once with fairly light duty finishes. I did a terrible job of reapplying those finishes, which is really the most important factor if you're going to use one of them. So think like, um, like a Watco teak oil or something like that. Uh, you need to occasionally reapply that to keep it looking good. excuse me. So these Adirondack chairs were refinished on the refinish. I did the full CPES Epiphanes deal, which uh, many of us use as a like one, two punch for something that has to live outside. And they are now in a somewhat shady area. They get a little bit of uh, water because there's just like a small gap between the, the eave of the roof and, and this overhang. So they get a little bit of water. They get a little bit of sun, but it's mostly shade and it's amazing what it doesn't like the, the moisture is not a big deal. The heat, the cold's not a big deal. It's the sun. It's the UV that breaks these finishes down. So these are actually doing very, very well where they are. Um, I did a gate, Matt, where you were here around yeah. that time, right? Cause we did yeah, our separate projects, gate. right? So yeah, the stupid, uh, <laughs> out of square gate to fit the yep. out of square space. Um, so that gate is holding up really well too, but again, that's another partially shaded area. I would say most of the day, uh, the sun does not actually contact it directly and that thing's holding up great. Now, anything that has found direct sun has not worked out so well, almost regardless of the finish that I use, it's just not doing good. So I, I had a Western red cedar table and I repurposed that into another table because I got so frustrated with the, the finishing aspects of it. And I moved that other table into a shaded area, which is doing much better. Uh, But the Western Red Cedar, that was done initially with total boat epoxy as a sealer instead of CPES. Then I hit it with Epiphanes, and that just failed miserably multiple times. So uh, that's when I decided to, okay, let's get get a glass and metal table (laughs) (laughs) because that's not going to, you know, that's going to fare a little bit better up here in Denver. Uh, and I'm going to repurpose all the wood from that big picnic table size thing to a small coffee table, which now sits in a covered area on the outdoor patio. That one was finished with um, an Osmo product, which is very, very light in terms of like how much layered finishes on it. Very light, but it has held up great. And it's probably coming up due on another reapplication, which I'll probably do sometime this spring. So overall, though, um, 
I'm scared when it comes to outdoor pieces. Like in general, like if it's not going to be somewhat protected by an overhang or something, if it's not on a porch uh, and it gets like tons of sun during the day, I just don't have high hopes for how that thing is going to fare over time. So I'm curious from you guys, um, what, what experiences you have uh, had with this stuff? I'm going to choose so you don't stare at each other for five minutes. Matt, you Great go first. show is but the script thing. Uh, yeah, that's right. I can't read anyway. Uh, <laughs> 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 so I did the, uh, I have the Adirondack chair, just like uh, Mark's. Uh, I did General Finish's outdoor oil on those. That's a film finish. Mm. And it is probably the most disappointing finish I've ever used, to be honest. Uh, it lasted not even a year before I started to flake and then it was like totally gone after 18 months. Like it's just, it's done. Oh boy. So they've actually needed to be refinished for like four years, but I haven't done it. So they're looking real rough now, like real <laughs> rough. Like we're past gray. I think we're turning green now. <laughs> oh boy. They got a little mold yeah, on well, there. Yeah, All got, right. They got a lot of wet situations <laughs> and, uh, now that, now they look like they're uh, made of rocks. <laughs> they don't look like cherry anymore. That's for sure. Only the if you flip them yeah. over, then you can. Oh, yeah, there's some cherry on the bottom <laughs> side there, but the top it could be anything. Um, are you getting any like damage happening at this? I mean, usually when you let it go that far, especially if it's cherry, you might start to see things that you go, Oh crap, now now there's a, a there's checking there is, or there's, there's some checking in some places that, but I would expect it like end grain is starting to show some checking. Yeah. So the ends of the uh, the back slats, I guess, are they really slats at that mm-hmm. point because they're so wide? But <laughs> right. the tops of those, they're they're checking. Um, I'm just, I'm not too worried about it. I'm, I'll, I'll probably refinish them this year. I, I'm guessing they're going to be pretty deeply stained though, so I probably won't be able to get them back yeah. to looking as good as I did when they first went out there. But I'm not really worried about it. Uh, that's not really a huge mm-hmm. problem. Now, now the nice thing about those ones is I never actually finished them, so all the screws aren't plugged, so I can just take the whole thing apart <laughs> real easily refinish all the parts individually and put it all back together and maybe maybe then i'll make my ebony plugs which i never got around to (laughs) (laughs) good idea see well i'm not making any promises but i'll probably finish them this spring (laughs) we'll see we'll see about that just like i'm gonna add another code of osmo to my table we say these things (laughs) they don't necessarily that doesn't mean it's gonna happen Another one that I use the outdoor oil on are my uh, doors on my shed. And as the internet has told me many times, they're hideous and ugly and I should paint them. And that's probably one of the reasons. That is, those have absolutely no UV exposure. They're on the north side of the building, but they do get wet. So they get splashed back from the rainwater hitting the ground and hitting, you know, splashing back onto the door. So they get wet and that has not held up well over there either. That lasted maybe a year. So, you know, in practice, so what's the deal with the outdoor I don't know, oil? Man. It like it just fails like immediately. I don't know. Let's see. General finishes outdoor oil, exterior rated penetrating oil that acts as a wood maintenance preservative, contains UV stabilizers, mildew prohibitors, and twice the oil in uh, containing competing brands. Use it for all of your exterior outdoor wood projects you know, that you I want to that. fail. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't actually say. That. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, I like. Well, see, you just didn't read the whole description, uh, Matt. That's right. You, you got to get to right the end. There. I didn't read the Mark version. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, that's a shame, though. I've never actually, I mean, I had a can of that once. And while I had it, I didn't build anything exterior. And eventually it just kind of went bad. So I never. <laughs> well, see, really mine didn't go bad because I put it on my workbench. Uh, that was my can of finish to get rid of. So that's what's on okay. my workbench. Yeah. Did no, it fail? No, it's been pretty good in there. <laughs> Even indoors. Yeah. <laughs> poor oh, poor general oh, finishes man. outdoor oil. Well, you give them enough love well, with the, armor that's seal. That's the problem. This, this like, I like all their other products. Out. And then I'm like, oh, cool. They have yeah. this. It must be good. Apparently not. I'm sorry. Huh. Sorry, Crazy. guys. Uh, anyway, so the other one I have oh. is a farmhouse table. That's got the CPS epiphanes on it. That's um, holding up relatively well. I'm starting to see some failures now in the top. Um, the nice, you know, mm-hmm. when I built that table, the nice thing that I kind of mentioned about it was the top itself is the easiest thing to refinish and it's sacrificial because it protects the base and it protects the benches, which are much more difficult to actually refinish. When it comes time to refinish the top, mm-hmm. you got a big flat surface to do super easy. Um, so I'm starting yeah. to see some failure around, like, uh, I said it when I built the table, 
Breadboard ends on an outdoor table. Terrible idea. Terrible oh, idea. Yeah. Yep. Um, so there is some chipping around where the breadboard end comes into the tabletop because you got a sharp corner there. You can't really break that. Um, so that's starting to fail. And there's a few places where I'm, I think there probably were some hairline cracks that didn't fill with epoxy that are um, starting to fail too. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, though, I mean, it still looks pretty darn good. I will probably have to refinish that top. I could probably get away with leaving another year, um, but I'll probably do it in the fall. Again, no promises. Yeah, yeah. It sounds <laughs> but good. But that's coming up on uh, three years now, and if it wasn't for the... It's the underlying underlying wood that's really causing the problem with the failure, not the finish itself. Okay. Which is, which is interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, the breadboard ends were the, huh. um, the, the sort of major problem on my table that I made out there that failed. Hmm. Uh, you just... Everywhere there was a breadboard end, that's an opportunity for some kind of split or crack or, you know, moisture infiltration, and that's where it started, and then from that point, it was just game over. Yeah, you got a lot... Like, my, mine look terrible now. Like, they, they're, like, <clears throat> bowling away from the tabletop, even though they're pegged, because mm-hmm. water gets in there, and it swells the whole thing, and then it's, it's all goofy. Yeah. So... Don't do breadboard ends outside. Another thing that I've learned with this stuff too is drainage. Like if, if you, you just have a big uh-huh. solid plank top, it's not ideal. Like you, you can do it. You can probably get away with it in some instances, but if, if you could have slats, you are far better off. The water just goes through and doesn't stay on. And that's, that's what actually is one of the hu- uh, in addition to the sun, I would say one of the other major factors that contributes to these finishes failing is the moisture yeah. just, it sits on there and it stays there because it has nowhere to go. The nice thing about my table is that it's referencing off of the the patio, and the patio is graded. Oh, nice! Okay. So it so it's the table is actually twisted the way it sits, mm-hmm. so all the water drains, flows to one corner, and falls off. You know what's on one of the corners? You know, a breadboard end joint. <laughs> yeah. So the water goes right <laughs> through the joint. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that's where it finds its way to the ground. So yeah. <laughs> well, look. Eventually, the top will just kind of cup, and you could drill a hole in the center, and everything would just kind of pull, pull to the middle. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, the way that it's arranged is going to cup the other way, so it's yeah. going to cup like a roof. So now you just is, finished. Uh, um, you, th- what I'm really interested to see is how your your garden bench holds up, the outdoor bench. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. Uh, you know, obviously, it's too early to really tell. I've been protecting it at this point because it's, it's under a tarp mm-hmm. outside. Um, I haven't yet found a spot for it either, but I do have all the samples that I did as well. I'm just going to leave out there like next to the bench or whatever and kind of do like a test of the comparison of all those different teak oils. Yeah. See how they all fare against each other. But with that one, I mean, it was, it was stupid easy to apply that. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine I won't do it next year. Just go out there and just slap a bunch of finish on there and wipe off the excess and say, yep, oh, good to go. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. Well, and that uh, thermally treated wood too, as as the base. I really want to see yeah. how, how that's going to hold up. Cool. All right, Shannon, what about you? Well, I guess I'll just uh, take you guys to school and tell you how it should be done. Please do. Please do. <laughs> oh, good. Um, <laughs> I was taught taught by Norm Abrams uh, years ago to make the most important thing of an outdoor project is to choose the right wood. Um, <clears throat> cherry is not one of them. Dang, that, he just schooled you, brother. Hey, it's not rotten yet, all right? It's fine. He's still sitting it. Just a little, just a little checking. It's still standing. It's still, you just can't really sit on it. It doesn't bear weight anymore. Um, hey, don't. Slat. I'm not heavy at all. Slatted tops. <laughs> uh, slatted tops are important for drainage, but then you also think in terms of wood movement. Instead of you having this big wide top, mm-hmm. you have like four inch wide boards. And the again, wood movement is a percentage game. So you don't have as not as much material to cup and, and move around on you. But the biggest thing is, is, um, drainage. So like anybody, I think it's almost a rite of passage to build an Adirondack chair. Right. And I built the Norm Abrams new Yankee special. I probably built 20 pairs of those things over the years. Uh, I have six of them. I've got four in the backyard, two in the front porch, I built a pair for my in-laws. I built a pair for my brother. I built a pair for my mom. I've built and sold several of them. So I've done <clears throat> Western Red Cedar, I think was probably my favorite because a lot of people like them painted in really bright colors. So Western Red Cedar, it's a good uh, outdoor wood, but it's also super light. And those Adirondack chairs can be ridiculously mm-hmm. heavy because there's a lot of wood in those things. So Western Red was good, uh, regular, like, outdoor exterior, good quality paint. 
And then I usually top coat it with um, a varnish to give it a little bit of an extra hard layer to it. And I know the one that my mom or the, the, the pair that my mom has, she's out in Colorado and she has zero shade on her back mm-hmm. deck. So 6,300 feet altitude, you know, brutal, brutal sun. And I have gone out, let's see, these chairs have got to be 10 years old. I've gone out and reapplied that top coat of varnish twice. Okay. Um, and they still look really good. Now, again, we're talking like three coats of $60 a gallon exterior paint, you know, the mm-hmm. good stuff. It's probably more than that now. <laughs> um, they have held up really, really well. I built a pair of Adirondack chairs out of white oak for my in-laws and um, they wanted them clear coated. So I used um, one of the oils, like, you know, the outdoor oils, teak oil, something mm-hmm. like that um, off the shelf at, at Home Depot. And that was fine. Um, honestly, they have chosen to just let it go gray. So that actually worked out well because it wasn't a film finish. Um, it, it stayed fine. It held its color for a while, but they lived under a tree. So they were kind of shady. And here we're also talking East Coast, so high humidity. There wasn't really the drying, drying out and cracking that you might see. Those have, have held up fine. The only problem has been ground contact. Um, and even though white oak is pretty good about that because the pores are all sealed up with Tylos, uh, it's still moist ground contact all the time. So they've gotten uh, started to kind of check a little bit on the feet. Um, so I actually took that and went and looked at my own Adirondacks. I've got uh, some built out of Cypress, some out of Western Red, and then a pair built out of Teak. All of those, I just didn't finish them. I just left them unfinished because I wanted them to go mm-hmm. gray. And they've done perfect. Um, <laughs> there's no finish to flake off. There's no finish to put back on. And just the natural wood itself, the natural weather-resistant wood, has done really, really nicely. So if you don't mind that silvery gray, honestly, I think that's the best route with outdoor furniture because then there's just nothing to do, assuming that you're choosing a good outdoor wood to begin with. I mean, teak is like the king of all of them, but, you know, $25 a board mm-hmm. foot on a cheap day, <laughs> it comes with its price. Cypress, however, works great. Um, it grays up nicely. In fact, I think that's what Norm used on the New Yankee episode when he built those Adirondack chairs. Um, but to, to my point, I went back and looked at my own Adirondacks where the, where they were sitting in the grass and yeah, things were starting to look a little manky down there. So I used West systems epoxy, um, and built like a little, um, I don't know what you call it, skirt so that I could just like pour epoxy over the end and let it kind of pool a little bit in the, the blue tape skirt. I mean, not a lot of epoxy, but I essentially tried to get it to wick into the ingrain of the feet and that was three years ago, I guess. And everything seems to be really nice, you know, mm-hmm. where the ground contact is on those chairs. Um, I built a big double wide chase lounge chair for my brother. And that's moved around several times, but all on the front range of Colorado. Um, and it's doing fine. That was, uh, let's see, made out of white oak. And I used a teak oil on that. So again, not a film finish. And he's eventually, uh, I think he refinished it several times, just went out, wiped more stuff on. And I think even he has just decided to let it go gray at this point. So that seems to be holding up nicely. His kids bounce on it all the time. So <laughs> it must be nice. okay. Um, I built an ottoman um, for like a, a, a wicker chair, but like a slatted ottoman that you could put a cushion on. I built that out of mahogany. And um, I did actually use a varnish there, but I used a spar varnish to kind of, because again, this is going to my mom's place with a lot of UV. And um, that ended up flaking off eventually. Um, I went out to to visit her and just kind of sanded it all back. And at that point, her Adirondacks had gone gray. And I was like, do you want it to match? He said, yeah. I said, great, I'm done. (laughs) And I walked away (laughs) and it went gray, you know, and it's still, um, still great. You know, again, that chair, that ottoman, that's got to be close to 10 years mm-hmm. old. Um, so, yeah, it's the only the I've got a bunch of stuff in my backyard. I built a patio table. Um, but again, with slats, um, that did fine. But that was actually built out of pine and I painted it. Okay. Um, and it's held up just fine. But again, I have a lot of shade in my backyard. So, uh, you know, it it funnels the water off. OK, but I don't think it 
it really is getting the beatings, everything else. Um, and then I've got a bunch of shop stuff. I've got a bungee lathe and a shave horse and I just didn't finish them <laughs> and, you know, made out of Douglas fir and it works just fine because it's a good exterior wood. The one thing is last summer I built that dock chair up at my in-laws place in Maine. The slats are all teak. The sides are all pine. Mm. Um, so we're going to see how that goes, but <clears throat> that doesn't have ground contact. It lives on the deck. Um, and it's under shade. So I actually think I'm kind of curious to revisit that um, over the coming years and, and see how it does. So do you think like yeah. in general, are we making a mistake by trying to make exterior furniture be interior furniture? Just in terms of like, we want it, we <laughs> oh, yeah. want it to look great today and stay like this forever. And it, and we're just kind yeah. of going no, against the- All finishes fail. Right. <laughs> Everything fails under the might of yeah. the sun, you know, and water will find a way. So- but, you know, when Matt was building that farmhouse table, I didn't immediately think, oh, breadboards, that's stupid. You know, I thought, oh, that's cool looking. And then in hindsight, you're like, yeah, that was dumb. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, so, with breadboards, I actually... Do as we say, not as we do, people. I actually think breadboards on an outdoor piece is not a terrible idea. It's the, the problems with the finish, right? Because the breadboards are going to help keep that top flat. And if we think that this big slab top might might bow it sometime in the future, well, then maybe that's a good case for... A breadboard. I think the problem is you put a film finish on that and now suddenly you have potential for that film finish to fail at those locations. So maybe a different finish might be the solution there. Um, but again, still drainage is that problem and water inf infiltration yeah. in that joint can still occur. So see, and if you built a slat at top and they don't have to be like half inch gaps between the slats, yeah. you know, they can be tiny little gaps. Um, if you built the slat atop, then the breadboards are, are unnecessary. Yeah, you just kind of have a, a big you know, frame. There's nothing to keep flat. Yeah. That makes well, sense. The thing with that design, at least with that table, is that it's so close to the structure of the the side assembly, mm -hmm. and that's bolted on. <clears throat> so actually the side assembly is doing a lot of the keeping the slab top flat versus the actual breadboard end trying to do that. Oh, okay. So uh, basically it's like a big, mm. bla a big batten down there, Yeah, and it's right, it's right there by the breadboard end anyway. So I wouldn't really think that the breadboard end itself is doing a whole lot more than just bolt this thing to a four by four mm -hmm. essentially hmm. interesting right. all right well this is a pretty big topic a lot to talk about with outdoor furniture um but you know of course let us know social media whatever let us know what you just you're, sit uh, on rocks just roll a boulder over it's actually i mean that. if you think about it go. that's kind of the smart thing to do right why are, why are we why are we doing this with wood it makes no sense I mean, be working with granite. So let me, let me ask you guys this. If, if you're, I don't know, you're in the market for something for the backyard, you know, and you're out at Lowe's or Home Depot or wherever with, with your significant other, are there times you're just like, yeah, you know what? This metal table makes more sense. Let's just get the metal table. <laughs> I mean, we just did that in the backyard. I've got well, my wife actually prefers the look of a metal yeah. table. So <laughs> I Every time I suggest building a patio table, she's like, no, I, I, I want the metal table. And which is why we have a metal table. On yeah, our patio I, that's right see, I'm, I'm, but it's a nice EPay deck. So, <laughs> okay. Well, you're, you're making up for it there. Of course it is. <laughs> right. Oh man. Well, Hey, you know what? You guys know who else can help people with outdoor projects? Probably Rockler. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking that same thing. Not Definitely us. Not not us. us. <laughs> Apparently. We could tell you what will not work from, from experience. If you're into that. Uh, yeah, Rockler. <laughs> so as part of their National Woodworking Month sale, they've got plans, templates, and hardware packs for a variety of, hey, we talked about it, all three of us, Adirondack chairs, including, listen to the varieties of Adirondack chairs they have plans for. Classic, folding, bar height, modern, bar height. Yeah, it's, you, go, you gotta go look at it. It's a, it's a bar height Adirondack chair. And they also have an English garden bench which is kind of nice. So of course, when it, yeah, go, go look at it. Stop talking about it. Go look at it. Uh, when it comes That's time imagine to uh, like how far back I'm lounging while sitting on a bar. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's what I was like. Am I going to fall of. backwards out of this thing? It may, it makes sense when you see it. <laughs> All right. Just go look right at now. the dang thing. So, you know, of course we talked a lot about finishes today when it comes to applying a finish, they've got the pretty much everything you could need for outdoor paints and finishes, including now, this is not the same one Matt was just talking about. <laughs> general finishes outdoor. That is not on sale. But right now, general finishes exterior top coat. <laughs> wow. Wouldn't that be awkward? <laughs> yeah, that would be a very awkward coincidence. 
Oh, we should read the mid-roll before we do the show, guys. Well, I got to tell you, the thing that is on sale is the exterior 450. That's oh, actually man. water-based. And I, I that's another one of those products that I wish I would have tried uh, because I would not initially, you know, just that knee-jerk reaction, a water-based outdoor finish, I don't feel like that would do very well. But that's what this stuff is. I've heard people use it and have had good luck with it. It actually is 10% off uh, right now at Rockler. So it's the water-based exterior 450. I'd love to hear from people who've tried that and can tell us how well that has held up. But the outdoor oil is full price, Matt. So if you want some more, you have to pay full price for that. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I got it. No problem. So uh, anyway, to close this out, if you need some inspiration for your outdoor projects or just a good quality finish, Head over or a bad quality finish. Head over to <laughs> to rockler.com. Oh, and uh, thank you, Rockler. Uh, and also, we're sorry. And uh, yeah, but we appreciate your support of the show, even though we botch it all the time. But we we would seriously respect you if you put that on the website somewhere for a good quality finish parentheses or a bad quality one or even a bad one. Please, please, web copywriters, please. It's not Rockler's fault. You know they they can't control what these finishes do or what. We're just we're just the e-commerce messenger, folks. Here it is. Speaking of which, have you guys ever been to meh.com? Yep. <clears throat> they sell one product a day. And oftentimes the sales pitch is kind of like, yeah, we don't really like this. You know, it's never like condemning, <laughs> but it's just kind of like, meh. It's all right, I guess. <laughs> Worth a shot. It's on brand. Oh, that's funny. I, I want to check that out. I've never been there. Okay, let's get to our voicemails and emails. Actually, no voicemails today, just emails. Uh, this one is from Keith Johnson. He says, I recently built an outdoor mahogany planter that is um, that required laminated three-quarter inch material to get the required thickness for the legs. I used Type on 3, left the wood untreated so it would gracefully age to a silvery gray, just like, just like I am right now. Uh, however, <laughs> the glue seams are starting, so to, <laughs> yeah, starting to delaminate after a few months of braving the elements. Would epoxy have been a better choice? Conversely, the succulents in the pot are thriving, but I fear they may soon take a tumble and break their, I don't even know this word, and I took a lot of plant physiology courses, ter, 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 turbicles. Turbicles. I don't know. I got hit in my turbicles once. It hurt like hell. Just telling you. Um, okay, so he left this unfinished. And that, at least from my experience, that's when you really get a lot more stress in the wood and the joints. So if he's got a laminated glue up and it's just kind of exposed, I, I would I would say that's the reason it happened. It's it's a difficult thing for that wood to not expand and contract in a way that it just really stresses that glue joint. So I guess if it was like maybe a full thickness piece, it might have fared better, certainly. Um, but I know on, on my Western Red Cedar, again, another outdoor friendly wood, um, the Western Red Cedar table, there I that one had a finish on it. And as much as the finish failed and as many problems as I had with that table, what didn't fail was the glue joints. The glue joints were fine uh, on that piece. But I think had I left that unfinished, I think it would have been a totally different story. Do you think it has something to do with maybe it being too dry when you started with it? Because it's just going to absorb moisture after the glue up and it's a planter. <coughs> so it's really close to probably, I don't know if it's like got a liner or not, but it's probably getting wet a lot. So that, that wood is absorbing right. a ton of moisture. It's expanding Quite a bit further from where the point where it was glued up. I don't know what this thing looks like, though. He's talking about legs. So I would assume the legs are holding yeah. it up and the <clears> legs are not getting that. You know, it's almost like a uneven amount of moisture because it's so much moisture from the inside, but nothing out, you know, other than like the exterior from the outside. Well, he doesn't actually say he says he laminates three quarter to get the required thickness. But what was the final thickness? Because. Even if he used solid wood, say, you know, it's a big chunky thing and he's got like a four by four post at each Mm -hmm. corner. That four by four post is going to check. Even if it is solid wood, it's going to check because of the differential and moisture from the inside to the out. Plus, if it's a planter and as Matt said, there's a lot of extra moisture and earth in contact and then bright sunlight could be hitting the legs. So you've got that differential and Mm -hmm. shrinkage Any large, thicker piece of wood is going to check outside. He just provided a nice convenient place for it to check <laughs> called the glue line. Um, so that nice little perforation and, and it's delaminating along that line. So I don't, I don't know, depending on how thick it is, you know, if it's like one and a half, you might be okay. But if it's a big, thick post, 
It, I mean, look at any pergola. Go outside and look at any western red cedar or whatever pergola, and you're going to see checks running down those six by six posts because it's just the way wood works. Well, and on this one table that I had, I did get a lot of the checking, you know, like you would expect, but the the glue joints were still held up. They didn't they didn't do what you're saying, like as a, a sort of a predetermined weak point. They didn't really work that way on on this table. So my one example did not behave that way. Um, but in but in this case though. Would, do you think he would have been better off with epoxy? What you're saying, Shannon, probably not, right? Because you, you're saying it would yeah. be weak there. Well, anyway. I mean, they, they do say that usually the glue is stronger than the wood, right? When a joint fails, it's not, yeah. you know, it's the wood around the joint, around the glue, not so, but I, mean, I don't know. I think epoxy is just kind of a general rule of thumb. I know type on three is an exterior wood, but epoxy's just... <laughs> just better yeah I, I guess it might be a little bit better but ultimately you can buy both a rockler yeah yeah you can <laughs> ultimately i think it's going to be problematic uh given that it's unfinished and exposed and also something holding moisture inside and all that fun stuff so uh tricky tricky all right so what do we got next next one is from um, next question you mean is, yes uh, i, I re- shannon okay. i removed your question in the interest of time oh uh we got question here or is it a question i guess it's a question from kyle when building an outdoor when building outdoor projects what kind of workbenches do you use i find my rubo thanks to mark too heavy to move around is there something more portable but as functional so i can take my woodworking outside outdoor projects would mostly be hand tool work Hmm. (laughs) so i know for me at least i build my outdoor projects indoors usually (laughs) 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 and then i move the whole project outside Except for the the farmhouse table, I did a lot of that outside, but that's kind of like making a workbench. I made the top first. Yeah. The top went on sawhorses, and I used that as a workbench to make the base. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, uh, for like anything else, like my outdoor products are like my trailer. And in that <laughs> case, I'll use like the Super Jaws from Triton, which is good for holding weird stuff and holding all kinds of things while you work on them. But I don't really have any actual like furniture making outside experience. Yeah, I, I don't either. Most of the stuff I do, I build in the shop and then take it outside. Um, I did a pergola project uh, this past summer. I did some of that work outside, but that was just sawhorses, just those metal fold-up sawhorses to hold these big uh, pieces of Western red cedar. Um, but outside of that, I don't actually have like an outdoor workstation. I do. Tell us about course, it, Shannon. Of course, of course you do, Shannon. But it's it's really specific. It's the same kind of workstation that Matt used when he went to England. Oh, it's yeah. called a spring pole yeah. lathe and a, a chopping stump <laughs> and a shave horse. So, but that's like very specific. Mm-hmm. Like if I wouldn't be doing really joinery. I suppose I could do joinery on like the back of my shave horse, but why would I? I have a workshop with a sure. workbench in it. Um, but yeah, I, I've seen people who do this. Um uh, Tom Buell, uh, he has a workbench out on his patio. Now he lives in sunny California. You know, you guys remember Tom, right. long time listener Sa- of the show. Santa Barbara. Um, he, yeah, I'm always seeing him posting like these glorious sun drenched shots as he's building something. <laughs> I don't know if that's a separate workbench or if he actually moves it outside. Yeah. Um, I've got a, a hand tool school student whose workshop is essentially his patio deck because it's the only space he has in his apartment. And he's just built everything to be mobile. Um, It either rolls out on wheels or it breaks down into lighter parts that can be moved out and kind of reassembled. Yeah, I, you know, occasionally I'll set up sawhorses like Mark said and like throw a piece of plywood on it or a couple of two by fours or something like that. But no, I usually just use my workshop. Cool. Sounds good. All right. Uh, I guess that just about does it for us. Remember that the show is made possible by our friends at Rockler. Rockler is a family-owned business since 1954. They're your go-to source for high-quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber, and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk, or a new kitchen cabinet, Rockler has everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com and use the code WOODTALK, that's all one word, to receive free shipping on most orders over 39 bucks. 39. Has to be 39. Not a number. Well, we love hearing from you. We love your questions, so please send us more. You can send those questions to WoodTalk, or I should say go to woodtalkshow.com. Mm-hmm. And you can fill out the form to submit questions. Or you can find us on Instagram. We're at Wood Talk Show there. 
or you can send us a voicemail. Record a voice memo on your phone and email it to woodtalkshow at gmail.com. And if you're really bored with nothing to do with the COVID outbreak, you can look us up individually on Instagram and find us as Matt Carmona, Wood Whisperer, and Renaissance Woodworker. And finally, if you're just itching for some social homework, use the hashtag WoodTalk466 and post pictures of your favorite or your most recent outdoor project. Tell us what finish you used and how has it held up and what species of wood yeah, did you use too? Were you, were you smart about it? Or were you dumb like this? Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what kind of uh, exposure, too? That I want to know that as well. Like, where'd you put yeah, it? Yeah, good, 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 good point. Tell us all the things. All the things we told you about ours. And a pretty picture. Yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. All right, well, thank you for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Yeah. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.